0: you want to live freely? Do you feel like your mind traps you from time to time? Do you feel stressed, tired, burnt out from trying to live up to ideals that you create for yourself? Well, maybe you should stop trying to become somebody. Become nobody. Becoming nobody is a concept that Ram Das put out into the world. And in this episode of The Soul Pod, I'm your host, Gary Lewis. We are going to explore just what Ram Dass meant when he said, become nobody in order to become free and become truly who you want to be. So I first encountered uh, this notion of becoming nobody through Ram Dass, although these ideas have always existed in different forms over the course of, of the existence of life, right? Through, through different spiritual traditions, philosophical traditions, uh, religious traditions. And the notion is basically this. Um, If you stop trying to live up to an ideal, live up to the standard of somebody else, uh, stop trying to live up to the standard of society, and you listen to what's inside of you, you listen to what intuitively feels right for you, And you only take those types of actions. You no longer listen, take action based on feeling like you should be doing something because somebody has an expectation of you. The idea goes that by taking these actions only and by rooting out actions we take that are the result of um, trying to appease someone or something, then we can live in harmony with our free and authentic self. And life becomes a hell of a lot more light, easier, um, fulfilling. And we don't have that tuggle, that also struggle or tussle with ourselves between in our mind where we think, hey, you know, I'm not living in the way that I want to live, but this seems like what I should be doing because society says so, because my parents say so, because my peer group says so, because my professional group says so. And you know, we live, we start to take actions um, that are intended to fit in and appease these groups or individuals, and we lose ourselves in, in the process. And so I want to talk about just briefly today, I want to introduce this idea of uh, becoming nobody and what it means sort of at the esoteric level, and then take it down into a practical Level with some practical steps about who, how you can apply becoming nobody to your life today in order to feel more free in your experience. So, let's start with what uh, becoming nobody is. So, Ramdas says in his uh, recent movie, actually, it was a documentary filmed by a director named Jamie Cato um, two or three years ago, uh, just around the time of Ramdas's death, is when it was released. And uh, Jamie had in, he had interviewed Ram Dass in his last years of life, and he also interspliced in the movie many different talks Ram Dass gave on these topics, the topic of stop trying to become somebody, and um, and it, it basically Ram Dass starts out, and I should add, there's an audio book also called Becoming Nobody by Ram Dass, and it's just it's a collection of talks about that from him, from different engagements, speaking engagements that he's had over decades worth of his career. And it's just so powerful. Like it's, it's honestly the most powerful audio of any type I've ever listened to in my life. And it's, it's beautiful. It's just so well, I mean, he, he speaks more powerfully, more, more uh, accessibly than anybody I've kind of ever encountered. And with these topics that tend to be extremely dense, typically or complicated, the way he uses analogies, the way he boils these concepts down, it's so easy to grasp. And I just feel like I know I had a few, oh my god, of course, moments like aha moments. And I'm pretty confident that if you pick it up and listen to it, you'll uh, see what I'm talking about. So, anyway, in that in that audio, and in the movie. Um, Ram Dass starts out by saying that we start our lives out as from birth, trying to become somebody. Right? We, we go through what he calls somebody training, which is our parents have an idea of who they want us to be. And they, um, they raise us in this way. They raise us according to what they think our lives should look like. And then we go to school. And in school, we have teachers that have an idea of what we should look like and what life should look like according to them through their lens. And so we start to try to appease our teachers and we, we live in a way that is appeasing our parents, our teachers. And then um, as we grow older, we have our peer groups become more influential and then our different peers have different ideas of what it means to, to live, to, to be a c- citizen of the world, if you will. And so we may start to adopt Uh, behaviors or take actions that we think will allow us to become somebody in the eyes of these people. What will happen very often is that we'll arrive at these junctures where we'll feel unhappiness or a little bit of uneasiness or even resistance to acting in a way that we think will uh, get us acceptance from these groups or these individuals that we are trying to live in accordance with. And we'll notice that there's something that's preventing us from fully buying in. You know, we might do it. We might take those actions that we think are going to get us the perception, uh, the acceptance from others. But we might wonder if it's really coming from us, oh, what we truly want. And not, I feel like not everybody has a good level of awareness about what is actually coming from who they actually are or um, how much of it is just them trying to operate in the world and get by. And there's no problem with trying to operate in the world and get by. The problem becomes when we take so many actions over the course of time that we start to become someone that we kind of don't recognize. Someone that we think, maybe this isn't who I really am. And that's where we can Get into trouble. When I say trouble, that's where we can start to encounter things like depression or anxiety. Um, you know, all sorts of different conditions can arise from the, the, the pain and the stress and the, the energy toll of living in a way that isn't fully who you actually are. And so, the, the premise of this idea, becoming nobody, is to stop your somebody training to stop trying to become someone in the world. Some people are really good at this. Some people can do this early on in life and they have this strong sense of who they are. They don't feed off of validation. They don't require peer acceptance the way other people might. Um, they're self-directed and they know what feels right for them. And that's great. I mean, if, if you have those inherent abilities and inherent qualities to you, that that's beautiful. Um, it means that you, there's less of your energy that's gonna be committed to trying to liberate yourself in this way. And simply by living in a way that is liberated or li- is free, you are having a positive impact on the people around you and on society at large. So um, it's beautiful if if you already have that. I do think that many people don't I think that many people actually go their entire lives with never having this this quality of feeling fully rooted in who they are to the exclusion of the acceptance of people and structures in their lives. And I think sometimes it can go unnoticed or unconscious. We can be unconscious to it. And um, it, it'll always creep in. And we'll wonder why we're not happy, even though we think we're living in a way that is, you know, strong-minded. We believe that we're, no, I'm, you know, we are independent. We are kind of, we are kind of beating to our own drum. So it's, it's sometimes insidious. We don't see it, but the general concept is to, or, or the premise of how it is, you know, to stop becoming somebody is to just start to, to, to consider, take a lot of time when you go to act or the actions that cause us trouble to do a bit of an analysis on them and find out how, how much of what we, we how we act is rooted in what we genuinely want. How much of it is rooted in fear? We're scared that somebody might reject us or that an institution might reject us. Or we're scared that we might hurt someone and we don't want to hurt anybody. And so instead of dealing with the pain of hurting someone or hurting an institution or hurting a society or et cetera, we will internalize and we'll just take actions that are going to keep everything aesthetic, keep everything on the surface level. Great. So that we're all humming and, and, and there's no conflict to deal with. There's no issue, but at our core, we know that we're not being fully honest. And so the more we can pr- invite that type of analysis into our life, the better off we are and the closer we'll become to, uh, no longer living up to ideals right, and so how do you break this down practically let me let me give you an example i um a lot of my life when uh, I, I actually went to law school and I went to law school and i didn't like it i don 't really know why I went to law school. <laughs> I, mean, I think I had ideas at the time about why I was there. It was pretty idealistic, whether they were whether I actually bought into those ideas, I still, you know, I kind of debate that, but it's in the past, right? So I went to law school and the motivations were uh, somewhat unclear while I was there. I, I, I didn't do my best. I didn't really buy in fully. And so I wanted to kind of resist it a little bit and rebel a little bit. And the way I did that was not by, was by not fully engaging. And the result of that on paper was that my grades suffered So when I had always been accustomed to doing well academically, um, scoring to the top of my class, being recognized and noticed for my academic success, when I went to law school, I felt kind of defeated when I left law school, I should say. And then I left law school and there was a recession. And so jobs were hard to come by. I basically just took the first job I could get. I wasn't happy in my life. I wasn't happy at that job. Um, But these were all a series of decisions I took Because in many ways, I was unclear about what was true for me, what was going to make me happy. And so it took me a while to finally get my footing in that career, in the law path. And uh, it took a lot of eating humble pie, working jobs that nobody else really wanted, working jobs that others kind of looked down upon. And um, dealing with the judgment of that, knowing that others didn't view me as this star performer, when my whole life I had kind of been known for that, or I, I, I had felt um, seen in that way. And so it caused, um, for somebody who was wrapped up in validation and wanting to stand out, it caused me a lot of problems. It caused me some, some self-esteem issues. And so separate from that, I knew that I had to succeed in the career in order for me to be able to get the kind of financial freedom that I needed to then decide what I wanted to do next. Because I knew it wasn't this. So I took some actions that um, put me in a position where in the latter half of my, I say latter half, but later into my legal career, um, I, I started to recognize some success financially. And I started getting jobs that were higher and higher prestige level. And so once that started to happen, of course it felt good. Right? Of course I went from being the sort of underdog that wasn't living up to his expectations or others' expectations. And now um, things are going pretty well. So life started to feel better, but still I felt a little empty. So I decided to pursue one of the, one of the most difficult jobs to get in law, one that I never would have had a shot at getting if I would have tried for this job right at a law school. So I found some, uh, this was to be a, a United States an assistant United States attorney with the United States Department of Justice. And I wanted to be a federal prosecutor, which is a very difficult job to get. There's only 93 field offices in the country, I believe, 93 districts, I should say. Um, and very few of these jobs exist. If you get one of these jobs, it, it's a high likelihood you can then you know, go into a law firm and become a partner or go and become a federal judge uh, or go into a career in politics and be very successful with that. So I decided I wanted to try this. Um, I found a program that would let me get in and basically, I essentially worked for free in this program, uh, which at the time cost me quite a lot of money because I was making good money at this point in my career. And I moved to a place in the middle of nowhere uh, where I should say to everybody that lives there, love them, not the middle of nowhere. For me, it was because I had no reference point there. For me, I I was moving there by myself and I was going to commit myself to a job that was paying me zero dollars for at least a year, and I was going to go into court and argue cases in front of federal judges, go up against federal attorneys, federal defense attorneys, and it was going to be a very intense period of my life. And I was willing to accept that because I felt like this would give me the sort of status, the sort of credentialing that i had always desired. So sure enough, I did this job for a while. I applied for full-time positions while I was there And even though it's a very rigorous process and many people who have the position I held never get an opportunity to interview even for a full-time job, I was fortunate enough to be offered a full-time position uh, doing this work. So it was at this point where I sort of reached this pinnacle in my career where I could now finally have the status that I always wanted. If this is a job that, uh, you know, it's kind of like carrying a, an Amex black card, right? It's instant status. It's something that people want in this industry, in this field, something people recognize. And um, and then also everything that would come after this job, you know, comes with it, the, the financial success I could realize. And so here I was presented with this, this offer from um, the United States attorney himself, who is appointed directly by the president of the United States. And he is then... Con- congressionally approved by the Senate. So this is a, a pretty pretty respected and, and highly influential position in the government. And this individual offered me the job and I had to decide about whether or not I wanted to take it. And everybody who knew me, who knew that I was doing this, realized that this should be a no brainer. Uh, obviously, I'm going to take it. I'm going to make the most of it and going to keep on uh, progressing, keep on excelling from there. But there was something in me that I just knew it wasn't right. I, I loved that I got the opportunity and I loved what it could offer me. But the work itself, I wasn't necessarily in love with. And I started thinking. It took me on this path, this trip, to think about why I was there. And when I was thinking about why I was there, ultimately my where I arrived was most of what I had been motivated by was trying to prove something to myself and trying to prove something to others that I could do this, that this is something that uh, is well within my reach. And if I wanted to apply myself, uh, I could definitely do this well. And while that's a noble, um, some might think that's a noble uh, desire that it's fair to, to want that. For me, I kind of realized that I was doing something for the sake of proving it to myself and for the sake of proving it to others and that the, the, the work itself wasn't what drove me. And therefore it really wouldn't be fair to the office if I took that job because there might be, and it wouldn't be fair to other candidates if I took that job because there are people that I've met along the way that genuinely wanted to work that job because they loved the work because they felt like they'd be doing a great service for their country, uh, a great service for their community. And I did feel those things, I did, but if I'm honest with myself, it wasn't what was compelling me the most. And I didn't like that. And I couldn't believe it, what I was about to do. But uh, one day when the US attorney took the trip down to our office, because he was in a different office, he was ready to announce my acceptance of the position and my promotion to the entire office. Uh, there are 40 people or so assembled in a conference room. And it was there when he asked me, so have you made a decision are you gonna move forward with it? Where I told him that I would not be taking the position. And it was clear he was very surprised. Uh, and I was surprised just hearing myself say that to this person. But um, I knew it was right. As hard as it was, as much as I struggled with the decision, and why was it right? It was right because I was just trying to become somebody. This was another extension of my somebody training. And at that point, I guess I felt that I had enough. I had already, I had finally become somebody in my eyes. And and, and it didn't matter anymore, right? I had reached sort of the top in a way that um, I no longer was striving. I no longer needed to strive. I no longer felt the need to explain myself to anybody else. Friends, family, colleagues, peers, you know, future employers, anybody. I felt like you know, where I am now, if I just go out and take action that's going to come from my truth, whatever I do is going to feel in harmony with myself. I'm going to be good at it because I'm going to care about it. And um, this is a better way to live. And so I left that place, came back to uh, home, my home area, and started to figure out what a life around, that's rooted around my truth looked like. And I will spare the details and we can save these for another, another episode. But it's suffice to say that the way I've been living since that point where I reached this really climactic pinnacle moment, I I would never have imagined the amount of abundance that I feel, um, financially, emotionally, energetically. Uh, what is what is going on in my life right now is almost too wild for me to admit. It feels very surreal. The types of opportunities that are being presented to me now, I mean, you know, it's just it's so clear that by making the decision to live in accordance with my truth and to actually do it, to take the steps that are letting me do this, it's led to the universe opening up to me. And it's just such an invigorating feeling. And I finally am at a place where I wake up every morning. This is the thing that I'd always desired. I just wanted to wake up and feel like, man, I can't wait to live today. I can't wait to go about my day. And I did not have that for so long because I was living in a way that was trying to live up to other people's ideals, to society's ideals, and it just wasn't true. And now that I'm not doing that, now that I'm just taking the action that feels right for me, this is a life. This is a life that I always was meant to live. And this is probably what's motivating me to want to host this podcast, to want to put these uh, amazing speakers out there, these amazing ideas out there, these amazing insights because I I realize now that had I been doing this work earlier, I could have arrived at this place earlier. And that's not to want to regret and go back in time and things had to evolve for me the way they did. But if I can share this information with others and I can share my experience and it might connect with people, I'm going to do it because this is invaluable information that I acquired through my own investigation and analysis Um, But it's it's changed my life. And so hopefully uh, this little clip, this little snippet about the practical example of how stopping trying to become somebody and in essence becoming nobody, right? Walking into the unknown, not having a credential to hold on to, not having a piece of someone's validation to hold on to, just stepping away from all that to listen to what was true for me has open me up and change my life for the better in so many ways. Hopefully you'll benefit something from hearing this. I'd love to hear from you and let me know if there are any questions you have related to these types of topics. Um, I'm happy to, to give you information, um, sh- you know, share some resources with you, co- connect you to people that I've connected with that have helped me explore this even further. Feel free to DM me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on that note, if you're enjoying these episodes, if you're getting anything out of them, please do share them with others. Please do talk about it. Please, please like and subscribe to my podcast channel on YouTube. Uh, it means so much if you can do that because this the more we get liked and the more we get subscri- subscribed to or the more our episodes are downloaded, the more others get to see them. That's just the way these social media algorithms work. Unfortunately, uh, I've got to subscribe to The Times and just work with these. So if you can do that for me, like um, or or, or rate my podcast on Apple, on Spotify, anywhere you listen to the podcast, or anywhere you see it, it would mean the world to me. Thank you so much. Hope you guys get something out of this. And I look forward to... My next episode, really excited for the next one. Our guest actually has spent time with Ram Das, And so I can't wait to talk to her. uh, And I look forward to next time. Take care.